Hello, welcome to Growing Up Crazy, and today I've decided to do a little bit of cheating. Instead of doing these things every Thursday, where I uh, go ahead and just bang out whatever the hell's on my mind, because I haven't quite nailed down the bringing it to work with me. You know, I work uh, four weeks on, four weeks off on a boat. I decided to go ahead and cheat a little bit and pre-record these things, so it's not Thursday. I'm still coming to you from Arizona, and just uh, rattling off whatever comes to the top of my head, but also going to jump back into the the original purpose of this, besides the controlled folly, but um, originally it was actually to, to go a little bit more in-depth into my writing, so I'm going to go ahead and discuss the story, the first story that I did with the Growing Up Crazy short stories series, but I want to get into something that touches on that first, and that's, I gotta say, just the emotional agenda that goes on, and and it's funny because the emotional agenda and how it's being conflated with the physical agenda and actually taking primacy over the physical agenda. It's almost like people are using the physical problems of the world to promote an emotional agenda. They're doing it all over social media. I see it all over Facebook. I see it in person. I see it in the news. And and it it's all seems to be based around fear and outrage. There's fear and outrage as well as a mingling sense of superiority about the other guy. You know, the other guy's an idiot or the other guy's messing everything up or the other guy's fucking this place up. And the whole thing. And it's like, wow, these idiots, if they could only see it. And, and you see it all. And, and I've seen most recently when it comes to guns. And... So let's just lay this whole matter to rest really quick. So I, I rabbit holed this thing a while back, the whole gun debate, and it's all of the above. Um, are there common sense gun measures that can be put in place? Absolutely. Is there such a thing as legal creep in which we put in place common sense laws that are then, and that bill is then amended to include things that aren't common common sense? Absolutely. Is this crisis being used? for political purposes in an election year, absolutely. Gee, gun laws and abortion have happened to come up. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> you know, it just and it's it's funny because people's agendas are being spood fed to them through their emotions. And there's so many other things going on, so many other things that aren't talked about. And there's some very intelligent people trying to bring our attention to those things. And it's almost like we're sitting there beating the piss out of each other over the drapes while the roof is on fire in the house. Like and I was just speaking to somebody about this recently and they got completely offended. Completely offended. And it's like are you kidding me? I could literally rattle off a dozen things right now more important than the gun or the abortion debate. There, China is engaging in genocide and work camps, basically concentration camps. And oh, as a matter of fact, after they started doing this, they are now the lead, leading exporters in human organs. Hmm, I wonder how that's working out. You know, and it's 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 horrific, the, uh, the human atrocities that are being conducted right now. And we have an army of, of social justice warriors and woke crowd taking the battle to pronouns. And they fight over pronouns and then sit back self-satisfied while real atrocities are taking place. You know, you have somebody talking about throat-punching a Nazi. Well, it would flee from true Nazis. They're, they're only good in areas where the confrontation is minimal. But it, it, not even to get inside of that, but I mean, like, you know, there's... Per NASA, there's 14% more radiation reaching the Earth's surface. It has nothing to do with CO2. You know, uh, we were instrumental in creating the uh, refugee crisis in northern Syria. There's a million people trying to make it do in army tents over the winter. You know, struggling for survival over the winter. Families included. You know, you want to talk about the abortion debate. What about all the living children? You know, where that are 
might have snow collapse in through their tent roof. And, and, you know, all these things, and it goes on and on and on, and nobody cares. And, and nobody cares, and most people aren't aware of it whatsoever. And, and when you bring these things up, most people don't want to be aware of it, I found, because it doesn't feed an emotional narrative. You know, you try to use logic and be like, well, obviously you care about children. What about these children, you know, that we were instrumental in displacing? And people are like, they just stop. You know, it, it clogs up the works because what it's clogging up is this emotional machine where we're really, we're really seeking a feeling. We're not seeking an answer. We're not seeking a solution. We're seeking a feeling. And we have our bullet points presented. And it's not really, it doesn't even really have to be based on fact. It's, it's based on the facts that we prefer. We put these bullet points forward in order to elicit a response so we can have a certain feeling that we want to feel. Usually outrage or fear or among the easily triggered, I'd say, base emotions, you know, and it's just and it's just really impressive. It's really impressive how social media and the media in general is able to to trigger these things in, in the populace at large, you know, and then use it to manipulate, to lead people around by the nose to the conclusion that they want, usually involving some sort of participation in the power structure but in a limited in the limited way that they want us to participate not in true participation of the power struggle structure you know not any sort of decision making you know just so jumping back into the to the gun laws it's it's sort of the solution at least to my mind is readily apparent you know when you look at it so i i studied uh, what australia had done because australia did a gun ban back when they had a school shooting and all right no more guns they passed legislation everybody turning their guns Everything that Republicans say would happen if such a measure was taken did happen. Uh, gun crime exploded in the country because only criminals had guns. But then over a pro period of time, the police were able to eventually catch the people that still, you know, the criminals that had the guns. But then as soon, but you didn't, they didn't give it to the criminal element of society. Then they would have robberies with knives and bludgeoning instruments. So then there was that legal creep. They expanded the weapons acts in Australia to cover guns or cover clubs, knives and things like that. And uh, criminals then started using pepper spray for strong arm robbery. They expanded the Weapons Act to include pepper spray. Now, fast forward to this, to present day, the Weapons Act has been expanded so many times to include absolutely everything. You are just no longer allowed to defend yourself with anything in your hands. And there's been those extreme cases of just ridiculous legal procedure where people have been charged with violating the Weapons Act for defending themselves from burglars inside of their own homes. Where there was one famous story in Australia where a guy picked up like a poker, you know, and used it as a club and was actually charged with the Weapons Act for using a bludgeoning instrument inside of his own home. And there's actually been a massive conservative backlash against what they're calling the nanny state over there. And so, yes, you know, your one in two million chance of your child being shot in school just went away. But their chances of being assaulted just went up by 4,000%. And so what we see with this, and, and this is proven out through statistics and there's because there's been just a rise in strong arm robbery in australia because now criminals know if there's four of us and one of you we're going to win and so just assault has skyrocketed there among the criminal population and so everything that the conservatives say is true everything that the a liberal element says is true we get rid of guns we remove school shootings but then we have all these other things and and it's the funniest thing in the world because people it's like, yes, yes, but nothing is free. Everything is a trade-off. So yes, you know, your daughter 
avoids that one in whatever million chance of being shot in school, but her odds of being assaulted on the way to school just went up by 4,000%, probably more in the United States, because the U.S. were have much more violent, much more criminal society than Australia does. You know, they're actually a lot more passive than we are. When it comes down to it, I'm probably nicer, too. <laughs> this is as far as, like, like, somewhere between us and Canada, I guess. But, uh, and... Well, then how do we fix this? I said, like, I have a solution. Well, obviously, we have to stop. We have to just be wary of the pitfalls. We want to have common sense gun legislation, but we have to be wary of the pitfalls. So we make an amendment. We amend the Constitution. Because a constitutional amendment isn't subject to just legal creep. It's not just something you can just amend. So we have common sense legislation put in place. I have ideas about that. I won't get, I won't get into it now. But something that everybody can agree on because it just makes sense. And then we make it an amendment to the Constitution so it can't be fucked with down the road. Boom. Problem solved. Done. We now have common sense legislation that clarifies the Second Amendment. Moving on to something else. But that would be a solution if we were looking for solutions. But what I find more or less is that people are just looking to bitch or to be offended or to be upset or to get the other guy. You know, it's just some weird form of tribalism. It's an emotional agenda, a tribal agenda, where being right is a lot more important than being correct. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I feel like you get it in what I'm saying. So this, and this is taking place all across society with everything. You're seeing it in all the different kinds of debates, and really what it is is we're just being stirred up. The public is just being stirred up and using these devices because it's easy. It's, the easy, it's very easy to play on people's senses of fear and outrage, and it triggers a fight or flight within us. We all are programmed with it from the days of when shit was actually trying to kill us of a fight or flight and what the mind does automatically is it critical thinking goes away during fight or flight you get keyed up the brain also produces a chemical that that inhibits memory production because you're not going to want to remember in case there's trauma and and all it is 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 it's just an emotional reaction you're the leader you follow usually follow and just get the hell out of the way and so I believe it's very, very intentional, you know, when I watch these news because, and I saw it at Fox News a lot when I was over at my parents' house, you know, the people just are trying to trip these things of fear and outrage, and they get the fear and outrage going, they look into the camera, they have these, I swear to God, they must practice these expressions in the mirror, you know, these looks of like, oh, you know, and then, and then feed this like bullshit narrative, there's this overly simplistic, emotionally charged narrative, and they deliver it that way, first get people into fight or flight, trigger that emotional response, critical thinking goes away, people become much more uh, receptive to just whatever you have to tell them, and then, and you feed them your, the narrative that you want, usually some simplistic, emotionally charged crap, and CNN does it as well, I've sat in enough airports, especially during COVID, to watch CNN just does it 24-7, CNN at least does it, they bring on pseudo-experts, or they bring on somebody else to deliver their line of bullshit for them, the, 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 the only difference between CNN and Fox News is the CNN, the reporter, sits back and begs the question of the supposed expert that's basically just delivering the narrative, you know, whereas Fox News just cuts right to the say, they're, they're talking heads, their personalities are the ones just on the AM and AM radio and the news and just jamming it out. And I bring all this up just to show that we really have to be careful when we're trying to, when we're pursuing an emotional narrative and telling ourselves that we're pursuing a, f a physical narrative because we're not actually looking for answers. We're looking for a specific way that we're trying to feel. Nothing wrong with that. We perceive the universe as a feeling. The universe is perceived as a feeling. But there's a difference between 
the perception of the universe, the perception of reality and our limited capacity as a feeling as it comes through our senses and all of our senses, physical and non-physical. And and an emotional response triggered by those feelings. And then when you take it one step further and you try to pursue an emotional response and manipulate the feelings as they're being processed in order to provoke that, then we start to get into trouble because then we've we've developed a feedback loop and we're just playing our own head game at that point. And that was the purpose of my first, and that's, that's everywhere, myself included, we all do it. We all have these machinations in the mind to where we produce these feedback loops inside of ourselves and we're trying to select from reality things that will that will fit a narrative we've created in order to produce an emotional response and it just takes place all day every day when it steps in the way of our personal growth though it becomes a different matter it becomes that feedback loop is what addiction is that really is what addiction is we're really addicts and we become addicts to our own emotions and actually that's that's kind of there's no really better way to say it we become addicts and we pursue it as an addict would and we demonstrate all of the characteristics of addiction you know we do it at the cost of ourselves we do it at the cost of our friends and family we do it to the people that love and care for us first the people closest to us first are the ones we harm the most uh you know we and and it makes no sense that we pursue it anyway. You know, we cause the destruction, then we try to outsource the fallout of that destruction. You know, we blame the other guy. We use these loops, we pursue these these addictions. The fallout happens with our own personal life, then we try to outsource that fallout onto somebody else, the other. And that's where this other need comes from. That's where this tribalism comes from. That's where the need to damn the other comes from. And that's why whenever you get into one of these conversations, either in person or on social media, you're never going to, it's never going to go anywhere because it's just part of a process. It's part of a program. They're looking for the other to damn. They've already created the destruction in their lives. They're already trying to outsource that destruction onto the other. And they're just looking for the other, you know. So, and and as any drug and alcohol counselor will tell you, you know, it's just a no-win. It's a no-win game. There's no win. The only, the only there's just a, the process of recovery from it. And that's the first step in that process of recovery is is acceptance and honesty and realization you know realizing what's going on and accepting that you're the one doing that so that's why that was the first story that i wrote for growing up crazy was that was i had that was when i really realized it about myself and my spiritual path i had turned my own spiritual path into an emotional addiction you know it would have become more important to me it was feeling like feeling well, I won't even get it. If you read the story, you you can tell the the feelings, and I, I enumerate them, what I was like at that time, at that point in my life. So the specifics don't really matter. But what really matters is is realizing that the that that the emotion, the feeling, the the desire for a specific feeling became more important than the actual pursuit of that path, the pursuit of a spiritual path, basically becoming closer to spirit, becoming closer to source, and that was really checked within me through the course of that dream and it was a crushing dream and but that was the process was I was having a come to Jesus moment I was an emotional addict having a come to Jesus moment and there's that process is never over you're going to do that through your entire life I think if you do clear everything out and you do perfectly align with source you probably end up phasing out of this reality so if you're in this reality and you're still here you still have problems you're still doing this in some way you're still addicted to something you're still engaged in these mental loops and these feedback loops or else you want beer i know the buddhists believe that you know you're giving a choice to leave or come back when this happens 
I'm not sure. I have no idea. I have no opinion on that either. I imagine because the universe runs on freedom that you would be given a choice. So who knows? But I do know for the rest of us swinging dicks down here, you know, it's basically part of this process of drawing closer to source is realizing our own emotional addictions and realizing that we are an emotional addict and taking responsibility for that. And that is step number one, as any guidance counselor will tell you, as any drug and alcohol counselor will tell you, that is step number one, is admitting that you have a problem. And so that's why I made that first story of growing up crazy the story I began with because it was the moment that I admitted I had a problem. And the growth, you know, who I am now sprang from that moment and is still a process, you know, an evolving process to try to go closer to source every day. Like this morning, even when I woke up this morning, I, my ego was involved and I was like, what am I doing? You know, like, where am I going? Like, I didn't have any of the answers, you know, I just didn't have any answers. I had this vague idea of this direction, you know, of a property and a place where I can pray into the land every day, you know, and, and offer service, you know, and offer prayer every day, you know, and do my meditation and do my stretching and all that. And that sounds wonderful, but I'm like sitting, I'm like, okay, from here to there. But it's not a doing either, you know, it's, it's a, um, it's a being. And if I know this from experience that if I run through all the steps of a doing, when I make it a doing, when I run through all the steps of a doing, when I make it a job or a task, I no longer enjoy it because the point of the whole thing is drawing closer to source. So in the act of that becoming, I want that that action itself to be a, a method of drawing closer to source. I want that to be the guiding force behind everything. And part of that is coming to terms with our emotional addictions. So cheers. Growing up crazy. First story number one. I feel like, like uh, they need to do the second short stories well don't know what it'll be about yet but uh i'll definitely push it up here as well when it's done all right much love talk to you later